0: Hey guys, what's up? Here is episode 170 of the Find Your Film podcast. I'm Greg Trzavasti. Three things for this podcast. First off, I have my latest weekly Blu-ray giveaway. Okay, this is as of the week of Sunday, October 1st. I am giving. This is going to be a time-efficient giveaway. The, the this giveaway will end on Sunday, October 8th, and I have to offer two Blu-rays of this movie called Creepy Crawly. Sorry for that noise. Never seen a Thai movie. I don't think in my 52 years I've seen a movie from Thailand, but here's the thing. I'm sure I have, but I'm, I can't right off the top of my, my head. I can't think of one Thai film. I'm part Thai and Filipino, by the way. Not like you care, but just a little extra information. Well, go USA entertainment yet again. They have given me two Blu-rays of this movie called Creepy Crawly. Plot synopsis is the following. While quarantining at a Thailand hotel, Guests begin disappearing with no explanation from staff, leaving the group to wonder whether there may be some truth to local urban legends about a terrifying creature rumored to possess its victims. We're going to be talking about possession in a second, literally possession, but creepy crawly, it says here, unleash, wait, unmask the monster. It's a really weird Cover art, but anyway, you're going to see it on the podcast cover, what the Blu-ray cover art is. So the giveaway to enter the giveaway, just you have to be a resident of the U.S. and Canada, because I'm assuming this is a region one Blu-ray. And that's with the way this creepy crawly can play on various Blu-ray players, DVD, Blu-ray players in the U.S. and Canada. So U.S. Canada and U.S. and Canada entrance only. Apologies to everyone else internationally that listen to this podcast. Again, the giveaway ends Sunday, October eighth, and I will look, post on the show notes how to enter this giveaway. Basically, just be a member, a, a subscriber to my Find Your Films YouTube channel, or be be a member of my Cinematics podcast. Uh, not Cinematics podcast, Cinematics Facebook group. Cinematics Facebook group that I that I have with Bruce Berkey and Eric Holmes, my co-hosts of Cinematics. All those links to enter the giveaway will be in my show description. Now, the Eric Holmes, the aforementioned Eric Holmes partner here in the Find Your Film podcast, he has done two interviews for this week. First one up is with Crew Ennis and Leroy Kuntz. They are the filmmakers behind this new movie called Deliver Us. Very interesting movie. Great production design. I gave it three out of five stars. Eric gave it four out of five stars. He liked it more than I did. Look. Even though I give it only three out of five, I really love the high-end production design, the filmmaking, and actually, after watching this, I'm going to see Leroy Kunz's previous directing efforts to see if that production level was on par with Deliver Us. It centers on a nun who believes she has, who gives birth supposedly to the Antichrist and the Messiah, and now everyone, the I guess the. Catholics, Christians everywhere. There are people hunting these babies down to possibly kill them or save one or kill the other. Who knows? That subject is addressed in Eric's interview with Leroy Koons and Crew Ennis. These are friends. They've been working together for at least over a decade, and they have a production company. I don't have the information, the IMDb. I should have pulled it up right now, but I think their production company is called World's... Their are pictures i could be wrong i will leave a link regarding where you can find their info their stuff as well but it's a very interesting movie and some some gore in the beginning some really some beheading sequences that was just really wow I, I really memorable opening sequence the rest of the thing is a very visually composed very interesting visually immersive film okay so but again eric really enjoyed it more than i did which is good because he got to interview Crew and Leroy to talk about their movie. The second one is an Eric Holmes interview with filmmaker Andy Palmer. He makes his, I guess, comedic feature debut with The Re-Education of Molly Singer, and it centers on Molly Singer, a young attorney played by Britt Robertson, who I used to love in this short-lived series called Life Unexpected. Anyways, Britt plays Molly Singer, and Molly's about to be fired from her job. Her boss is played by Jamie Presley. Molly will be fired unless she teaches her boss's son, who is in college, to actually become a party animal and to become a social butterfly and to actually have some kind of real social dating life going on. So, what Molly Singer has to do is, even though she is a career woman now and is currently an irresponsible career woman, she has to actually re-enroll at her alma mater to teach her boss's son how to party, or partay, as one would say movie also co-stars nico santos you might know him the filipino american actor from i don't know if he's filipino or filipino american but anyways he's filipino like me and he, you might know him the best from the from the long-running tv series which is now ended called superstore so nico santos jamie presley Britt robertson they star in the new comedy the Reeducation of molly singer it's available it's currently this weekend in theaters stateside and it's available on video on demand, so I'm sure people internationally can check out the re-education to Molly Singer. Deliver Us is also available in theaters via Magnolia Pictures, and it is also available on digital platforms. I will leave Amazon links to both of these movies in case you want to purchase them. I believe I only have an... A US store. I don't have a Canada store or international store. So basically, if you are not in the US, don't use these links to purchase or rent these movies until I find a UK store or whatnot. Um, don't. I, I will announce if I actually open up these Amazon associate links to internationally, but only if the, if you're in the US, I believe you can use these Amazon links to purchase or rent the re education of Molly Singer or deliver us. Okay. Now, as far as this is find your film. So these are weekly recommendations. Eric liked the re-education of Molly Singer. He gave it a three-star banger, meaning he, he compared the movie to American Pie and he said it's worth watching if you like these kind of teen, raunchy, fun comedies. Okay. And then for Deliver Us, he also recommends that giving it again, giving it four out of five stars. So those are the two recommendations, but let's talk about the recommendations from the filmmakers. Leroy Coons recommended, again, I'm not looking at notes, he recommended this film called The Mission. If you have not seen The Mission, it's an amazing film. Oh my gosh, my battery's going to run out right now. Hold on one second. Hey guys, sorry, I'm recharged. Now, The Mission, I don't know if you've ever seen this movie, it's a great film. It's directed by Roland Jaffe. It stars Martin Martin stars Robert De Niro and Aiden Quinn and Jeremy Irons. Very fantastic movie and it's really cool because Leroy Quinn's actually ties in without even explicitly saying it. He ties in Deliver us with the mission. And it's about a bunch of missionaries played by, I think it's, hold on, I'm looking it up right now. I'm actually trying to do some research here. Yes, 1986. It says, 18th century Spanish Jesuits tried to protect a remote South African, South American, excuse me, tribe in danger of falling under the rule of pro slavery Portugal. Fantastic movie. That said, I haven't seen this movie. Again, directed by Roland Jaffe. he also helmed that 1984-85 film, The Killing Fields. But I saw this film in class while I was in high school, and it really hit me right from the get-go because the ending's very. The ending's pretty memorable regarding De Niro and Irons, and it, this is movie. It runs at two hours and five minutes. I'm surprised this movie isn't talked about as much these days, considering. The extensive body of work of De Niro and Jeremy Irons. It's a lot of people. Best actually, actually, I think this movie is best known as just for its iconic soundtrack. It's composed by Ennio Morricone, and the mission is considered one of his most popular scores. Okay, sometimes I feel that score overshadows the entire film. That said, I remember really loving this. Almost forty years ago, I don't think I've seen it for the last maybe thirty six or thirty seven years. It's been a minute for me, but let me look at the mission it won one Oscars it won one Oscar and what did it get let me see what um yeah, it was a nominee for let me see what Oscar it got sorry for all this babbling right now received an Oscar for let me see let me see Academy Awards two more. It won for, yes, it won for Best Cinematography, sorry, sorry for the delay, from Chris Menges, Menges 1987 winner for Best Cinematography. So if you want a beautifully shot film, The Mission is a very interesting film. And Leroy kuntz, his own film with Crew Ennis, Deliver Us, I think one of its major strengths is its cinematography. So whether you're wondering, is it as good as Eric Holmes is saying, is it a mild recommendation like I'm saying, well, the one thing that I think me and Eric really agree upon is the cinematography from Us absolutely works. Very, very impressive. Okay. So that's Leroy Quince's recommendation. Crew Ennis recommends the Roman Polanski film, Rosemary's Baby. And I believe he also recommended a movie called Possession, which stars Isabella Johnny and not Sam Elliott, but who else, who else is in possession? He's a guy from Jurassic Park. And I, I'm, I think it's something. Possession. Yeah, Sam Neill. My God, Sam Neill. Sam Neill and Isabella Johnny star in the 1981 movie Possession. So, Crew Ennis recommends Possession. And supposedly, it's a very inter- a very intense movie. I think it was recently streaming, if not still streaming on Movie. And Bruce Perky really loves this movie. And I think he even purchased a Blu ray version of Possession. The second movie is Rosemary's Baby. Bruce Perkey again. Loves Rosemary's Baby, Polanski's Rosemary ba- Rosemary's Baby, and I guess the running joke with us over in cinematics is it's been, as much as I love Polanski as a filmmaker, I still haven't seen Rosemary's Baby, okay? So just to recap, the mission is the Find Your Film movie recommendation from the raccoons, and Possession is the recommendation from Crew Ennis, as well as Rosemary's Baby. Now going to, over to the Find Your Film movie recommendation to Andy Palmer for the re-education of Molly Singer. His, I'm trying to think, for his recommendation is, I'm blanking right now, I'm blanking, hold on one second, I'll remember one second. Yes, I spaced, I apologize. The the recommendation from from the re education of Molly Singer director Andy Palmer is the comedy which came out this year, Joyride. So it's a comedy I, it's, I heard it's pretty raunchy and funny and yeah, that also kind of ties into the re education of Molly Singer because both of them are comedies, but that is Andy Palmer's so if you personally, listeners, if you have any movie recommendations that you would like for me or Bruce Berkey or Eric Holmes to see, please email me at info at com. Also with these interviews, hopefully I think I'm targeting this as well as Eric Holmes is. We're Whenever we interview actors, especially filmmakers and writers, we're going to be asking a lot more work intensive insightful questions okay so for example with the Andy Palmer interview you're going to hear Palmer who makes his i guess daily wage being an editor editor on various tv shows reality programs he discusses how being an editor on these programs actually has helped him as a filmmaker and then from the from Leroy Coons and Crew Ennis you get sort of a backdrop on how they became Filmmakers together and how they work as a partnership. And what's interesting is Eric asks Leroy and crew about what's the best part of filmmaking, which I always think is a very good question. And Leroy Coons talks about his favorite part is the actual writing of the screenplay, because that's when the vision is completely 100% supposedly just perfect, and it's in their heads, everything's cool. He can actually spend time with his family as a writer or go to his local coffee shop and possibly while away the hours working on a script as opposed to actual... I'm sure he likes the production and editing editing side as well and producing side, but that is his favorite part of it. And, yeah, hold on one second. For some reason, I have my left and right mic on right now. I apologize for that. Yeah, as far as crew Ennis goes, he talks about... His favorite part of filmmaking is actually being on set and collaborating with the talent involved and working together to come up with something very interesting. So that's it. So we're going to do a little bit more film, filmic or storytelling, more, more insights on the whole process of writing, directing, and hopefully a lot of our interviews will will tinge that way, not just talking about the nuts and the story or what's it like working this with this person, but more about the filmmaking storytelling process. So if you're interested in that, keep on listening to this podcast. We will have a lot more interviews on a given week. Right now, it's just these two talent. Actually, you know what? To be honest, one episode should probably cover two movies because on the title of Find Your Film, that would be if we have like three or four sets of interviews, we can't fit that in the title. Not, not a good way, but hopefully maybe with Find Your Film with this podcast, instead of coming out once a week, it'll be a tw- uh, twice a week thing. All right. So if you have any questions regarding find the Find Your Film podcast, etc etc Yeah. Email me at info at findyourfilms.com. Again, if you're. If you're sta- stateside or in Canada, if you're really inter- interested in Creepy Crawly, check out the show notes to see how you can enter. Okay, okay, guys, thanks again for all your support. And first up is the crew from, spe- oh, specifically Crew Ennis and Leroy Coons from the interesting movie, to say the least, Deliver Us. And second is Andy Palmer from The Reeducation of Molly Singer. Have a great one. Have a great week watching movies, and I'll be back maybe midweek with some more interviews. All right, guys, take care. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. <sighs> this
1: is not just it's pregnant with twins.
2: She claims it's immaculate.
3: You don't
0: think that these children are from God.
2: I think all children are from God. She says her two unborn kids talk
1: to her, and that she knows that one of them is good and one is evil. I
2: think we were chosen (laughs)
0: Like Mary and Joseph If they are born, they'll bring about the end of days In and out In and out In and out and, and
4: I, and I,
1: and I. I'm here with uh, Lee Coons and Crew Ennis, the uh, uh, directors of Deliver Us. You did Deliver Us uh, quite the movie. Um uh, crew, I see. Uh, so Lee, you've directed a couple of movies, and Crew, this is your first one. But you two have worked on a lot of stuff together. Crew, why was this the first one that you directed? Or yeah, I get. I guess we'll start there.
3: Well, it's been a um, like Leroy wrote the other stories, and they were they were something he was passionate about telling. Directing is has always been my long term goal, and uh, this project just fit. Like I grew up, you know, in the church, and so I had a, a point of view outside of uh, Catholicism. Leroy's Catholic, and grew up Catholic, that you know added something to the story. And then I think that um, I really wanted to, you know, see if I could I could do this. Like I, you know, everybody thinks they can direct until it's there. You know, it's like, oh, can you? Do you really have a cinematic language? Do you, can you really tell this story in a way that you know does it justice and Based on our last film, Leroy let me uh edit it or asked me to edit it, and I edit it. And um, after that, he he's like, Okay, um, come do this with me. And so that's okay. that's how, how it happened. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity. And I think we really showed uh showing everybody what we can do,
1: yeah. And Lee, Just uh, like I, better movie. I, I, how bad did he screw it up this time? <laughs> you know i mean i I hate to admit uh, Uh, but but you guys you guys have worked uh you guys have worked together a lot uh lee like how how did you guys come together and what what kind of keeps your uh collaborations going
2: yeah i think this so this one movie that we it's our sec it'd be our second movie but we shot it over 12, 12 years and it was kind of a necessity thing. We were so young at certain times and we could get a little bit of money here and then we'd have to wait. And then we get a little bit, bit more money there and then we get a little bit more. And, uh, so it kind of turned into a boyhood. And the fact that crew was editing it and, uh, ha- and he was producing it and doing so much with it. We developed this kind of codependency on each other to make films. And I knew that if you, if I brought him in to co-direct with this one, it would be a much better film than I could do by myself. And also a launching point for our company, so that we'll each be uh, directing our own films, but we'll also like serve a producer role and kind of fill up uh, as much as we can for each other. The like the skills that we know that we're stronger in as filmmakers, you know.
1: Yeah, and you said you said you both uh, you both are uh, religious, or we're religious, or currently, but uh, not my business, but. Um, th- this definitely has a lot of, uh, you know, obviously there's antichrist in Christ, but I think one of the big questions about this is look, one of these kids is a antichrist. Yeah. But am I going to kill a child? <laughs> That's pretty heavy stuff. Uh, what, what kind of, uh, went into telling that story?
2: Yeah. So probably the three of us together, uh, since I'm Catholic, Cruz Christian and Isaac's Jewish, we're, we are, we're all religious and we all believe in God and we have a different idea of what God is and so then we came together to tell this story using a lot of other different theology and uh you, you say mythology as well all tied together to, to to explore the themes that we're interested in so it's not like dogmatic in any kind of sense and there's a lot of freedom in that way and it's i hope doesn't then it doesn't come across preachy and it's uh it's really just the story i just kind of got the
1: got the feeling of like
2: it... Kind of similar to you here of, uh,
1: oh, would he go back in time and kill baby Hitler? Like, we all know what Hitler's done. We all would have liked to have killed adult Hitler. But, like, with with the baby in front of you, that that kind of uh, recontextualizes everything, I think.
3: Yeah. Well, Leroy, there's the thing. Um, like, the original title of the script was Kill the Child. And so it's just like that. But, uh, Leroy, tell him about the reason why. Well, I don't, can, is this, would we be giving away the film about Talking about uh, wait,
1: you land. know what? If you want to save it to Land, uh we can cut that out for a spoiler if you want. Cool. So um yeah, I, I I guess we'll move on. Uh yeah. So what what kind of got you guys into filmmaking? Like uh crew, you have have now a director credit, uh you have writing credit, producer credit, and Lee, uh you have uh similar uh, what, what's like your favorite part of filmmaking and what kind of, of all the jobs, what's your favorite of all those?
2: I think I like writing the most. You get to be at home, you get to go to coffee shops, you get to spend time with your family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> filmmaking is so rewarding and I love directing and doing it. So I don't I don't know if the other stuff would hit as hard if I didn't have that to look forward to, but the day-to-day, that's probably, you know, because it can be whatever you want it to be. You know, your imagination is like, it's perfect in your mind until you, you make it. And then it's, you know.
3: It's, it's, <laughs> you know uh writing's really hard for me. It's like painful. But I guess the more painful, the better it has been. That's been the uh, consistency. But my favorite is being on set. And when you have an idea of something and then you see it come into fruition, there is the only thing better is whenever someone makes it better. You know, like collaborating with people you respect and care about. like. Leroy and Isaac, like when you have an idea of something and then they have their idea of it. And then when you put them together, it creates something even better. There's no drug I've found in life that like hits like that. You know, I think that, uh, that, that would be my favorite. And then post uh sound, whenever you get to like put in score and sound design and working with Brent Kaiser, who did our movie, he's a bit of a, you know, he's a savant, a genius. I wouldn't say it to his face, but he's a genius. <laughs> um, You know, he did everything everywhere all at once, honey boy. He's like the indie guy and he's super sought after. And he took the time to do our film and make it what it is. And when you're like me and Leroy being a part of that and seeing it come alive in sound is also just such a rewarding experience. So it'd probably be those two. Yeah. yeah.
1: What What are some examples? You said like, uh, you're on set and like the the like the collaboration. What's like some really really great collaboration moments that you can think of? I I, I couldn't even think of an example really, but uh, just just a time where you collaborated with someone that was like, you. I had this idea and then they ran with it and. I, I could not have made that better if I tried.
2: What about your tally system, remember? Because the three of us, if one of if we disagreed, Isaac was if you were keeping a tally system on who was right after. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, it didn't go great. Well. Tally <laughs> I was just kidding. Um, I think uh that's really funny. We there was this one scene in the movie, um, it was at the factory, and we had a couple of homages in it and we each had an idea. And then there was um it's very serendipitous where this factory came available. We were able to shoot and then us on location, like altering the scene with, and then putting together each of us, how we saw it, like the script. And then what we got out of it is like such a monumental moment in the film. That's kind of what I was referring to earlier when I said that, you know, whenever someone else's idea merges with yours, like I I think collaboration is the best part about filmmaking and you have to make a conscious choice to collaborate and not to concede. You don't ever want anybody to give an idea and then like you change their idea in a way where they feel like they have to give up on it other than like seeing your side and your point of view and um, you seeing theirs and their point of view. And then what you ultimately come out with is amazing or great or better than you ever thought it could be.
2: Maybe so, we're saying too, is we're, we're, since we trust each other, we have the ability to then hyper-focus on one thing. And usually when you're making a film, you can only, you know, you have to hyper-focus on many things at once. It becomes impossible. And so that what we were able to do.
1: Well, uh, I'm in on this before we get back to the uh, the spoiler thing. Ask everyone, we have a what's in the box segment. We have people put movies in the box that uh, they think are, that's important to them or they feel is underseen. They wish more people would watch it. What's a movie that each of you would like to put in the box? Ooh.
0: Ooh.
2: The Mission with Robert De Niro. And uh, Liam Neeson is actually in it and <laughs> uh, a hidden life. Uh, those are just the two that are under scene that are kind of inspired me a bit on this one.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And think, well, first would be, I saw possession for the first time in prepping for this movie. Leroy sent it to me for actor exercise, what they're going to be doing. And that one still haunts me. Um, possession. And then, uh, can they be a popular movie? Does it need to be super, like, could it be like Rosemary's Baby? Be whatever you want. And I'd say Rosemary's Baby. This is your movie to put in the box, not mine. Oh, Rosemary's Baby. All right. Like, that style, I don't think anyone, there's been a couple times that people have matched that, uh, um, I think, that level of artistry, especially in this genre. And I think that one, that'll be around forever, Rosemary's Baby. All right. Well, Lee crew, thanks for joining me.
1: And uh we'll get to that spoiler here in a second. But uh you guys are great and really enjoyed the movie. Uh Deliver us is available in theaters, on demand and digital, September 29th, and hope everyone goes to watch it. Awesome. Well, I'm here with uh, Andy Palmer, the uh, the director of the re-education of Molly Singer. Uh this is a... Uh, pretty funny comedy like the the setups like uh i I was trying to describe it on the podcast kind of like a american pie kind of college kind of kind of humor thing uh it's really sweet and funny and i'm looking at your filmography and you're kind of all over the board as far as genre so
4: uh i'm a journeyman
1: that there you go I, i i guess that's a that's a uh that would be the question like um, of all the genres you've hit, do you have a favorite that you like working within or, uh, or do some come easier for you than others?
4: I always wanted to do comedy. That was like I got into filmmaking. You know, when I started falling in love with filmmaking, my heroes were, you know, Kevin Smith and Richard Linkletter and Edward Burns. Those were the guys that I just, you know, that I wanted to be. I wanted to make, you know, my own Days and Confused, my own Clerks, uh, my own Brothers McMullen. So uh, that was how I wanted to come up. And as I, I came up, I came up through editing. I still edit to this day. In fact, as soon as you and I get off the phone, I'm going to hop over and start editing a TV show. Uh, so that's still how I, I pay a lot of the bills. Uh, but, and then in the directing realm on the low budget fair, comedy is very difficult because comedy oftentimes, unless you are that pie in the sky, that clerks or something like that, uh, it's, it's hard to do a comedy without name actors and stuff. So, uh, my partner and I started getting into doing genre stuff. And, and then as soon as I was, I was never a huge horror fan because horror movies scare the crap out of me personally. I still watch them with my eyes, my eyes closed. Um, but I loved going to like, once we started making scary movies, going to horror conventions and horror hound and days of the dead and monster blues, all these places and meeting the horror community. And these people are amazing. And then I was just like, I just want to make horror movies so I can keep hanging out with horror fans. Cause they're the coolest people on the planet. Uh, but when Molly Singer, the opportunity for Molly Singer came around, I I had to jump on it because I really wanted to make a comedy and I feel more at home in comedy. Yeah.
1: I had, um, so we got, uh, Todd Friedman and Kevin Haskin are the writers of this. Um, usually like in, so in a drama and a tour, you figure a lot of what's being said and portrayed is on the, on the page. That's not (laughs) always the case with comedy. What, what's the, um, what's the script to look like as compared to what ended up on screen? Cause I, like there's certain lines that people say it's like, are they like that great of an actor that they can just sell the line that good? Or is that something they came up with on the spot? Sometimes it's hard to tell.
4: Yeah. Uh, Tonally the same, but, but oftentimes extremely different. And I was I was very emphatic that, like, if you're going to get all these funny people to be in your movie, all these incredibly talented people, you got to let them play. And so, you know, that was something that, that Kevin and Todd and I talked about. And then something that I sort of carried over to when I was discussing the movie with my DP, Philippe Van de Waal, I was like, it's all, it's going to be about reps. We have to minimize our setups. We have to make sure that, you know, we have two cameras going so that if people are improv, we're able to cut in between those cameras quite often uh, without, you know, uh, cause if somebody says something different and you're shooting one camera, oftentimes the reaction shots never going to match and stuff like that. So we, you know, we cross shot as much as we could. Uh, and, and, and that allowed the actors to have a lot of takes and, and everybody was different. Brit would do exactly what was on the page. And then I would start throwing her ideas and she'd be like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah," And she would be able to just immediately integrate that idea into the next take. Uh, Nico would come to set every day with ideas. He'd be like, Hey man. Looking at sides last night, I have like 40 different things I want to say for this line, Uh, like the scene where, you know, they're walking out after they've been rejected from the housing office. And he goes, um, he goes, this is the worst idea you've had since we both tried anal bleaching. That was 100 percent Nico's. That was 100 percent Nico's line. And he had 37 others that were varying degrees of dirtiness. Uh, And so uh, that was really cool. And then Jamie would be like she knew exactly what she wanted to say. And she was really great about being like, this is too wordy. This doesn't work but this works really well. I'm going to emphasize this. And so she came in like sort of very confidently. And then with Jamie, it was just like, you, you didn't have to do many takes at all because she just would nail it, you know, in in one take. And you're like, okay, well, I guess we'll move on.
1: Yeah, One of the, one of the, it's kind of an undercover line. It's not like really out there, but I, I kind of chuckled at it when, uh, uh Was it Elliot? He said the the he they pull his pants down and he gets the boner and then yeah. it's uh, Nico in the background.
4: That's a big dick. That was totally totally Nico again. I was just like, oh my god, this guy's so uh, he's just so hilarious. he is so hilarious. Yes, all Nico. I, I
1: mean that that's kind of what inspired the question anyway because like I'm thinking of like typing in like that's big dick under his breath like like I, how do you even write that on the page? But yeah, it, you know. it, but uh, also also I mean you, you mentioned you do a lot of editing um, and for, for like, it uh, looks like some uh, 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 reality television, which I'm guessing you just get piles and piles and piles of footage to narrow down that that's got to help with the filmmaking. I, I aspect. I, I, assume.
4: I, I feel a hundred percent blessed that I came up in non-scripted and I still cut non-scripted because you're exactly right. Is basically when you're a non-scripted editor, you're just, you're tasked with a big bevy of footage and usually, you have a story producer, and and the two of you or the three of you work to basically craft the script using the footage. And so it's like you're telling the story in a, in a slightly different way. But what it does for me is that when I'm in the edit room on, on a scripted or a you mo- know scripted show or a movie. It's like you know that you can steal from all these different places oh I can steal the reaction shot from this take and I can split screen this and I can you do all these little things to elicit you know a reaction uh, I, whenever you watch like a David I mean David Fincher takes it to like a, an entirely new level a he shoots 400 takes but then within every take you see his editor like oh well he liked the reaction of this this background extra over here so we stitched that out and we put it you know I mean it was it's it's incredible how powerful editing is to, to help shape the story. And I feel really blessed that that's how I came up in, in, in the entertainment industry.
1: Yeah. And uh, do you think that works uh, better for like comedies or than it would for like a drama or like a, yes, uh, like for instance, like a, god i can't even think of it like a david lynch movie is a very specific movie so you yeah. you want the you want the the shot and you want the tone that you're going for that's not, they're not really movies that you can just kind of throw together because it does not work that way whereas yeah, comedy yeah. you want to get the the best joke the best reaction and stuff like that
4: absolutely i think that you know i always i always tell you know i was telling my producer when we were making Camp Coldbrook and, you know, we shot it in like 18 days and stuff like that. And I, I, you know, I was telling like tension takes time because it's all about planning. You can't, you can't edit your way into scary. You can't edit your way into tension. It, that has to be created on set. You can enhance it with music. You can enhance it with pacing, but you're never going to sell it if it doesn't happen in camera and, and comedy, you can do that a little bit more. You can really kind of craft stuff to, to make things funnier. Uh, yeah, that's a really good point.
1: Yeah. Also like in the, in the, uh, you know, we're in the age of YouTube and TikTok. So there's a bunch of, uh, hate the word, but content creators out there. Um, and, uh, so like a lot of people are editing. What's some, uh, like people just getting into making videos, uh, what's some early mistakes you've made with editing that after doing it for a while, it's like, just skip that because that that's going to be a mistake going forward. Um,
4: yeah, that's a great question. Um, I mean, so many like lessons that I learned. I, one of the first uh, shows that I was an assistant editor on was actually an online, it was like an online show called Brawny Academy. And it was like this tie in with Brawny paper towels, but the people that produced it were all producers from Survivor and they were on hiatus from Survivor. So all the editors that came on board, this little web series were all Survivor editors. And I mean, Survivor is the king of reality television it has been on for what, 20 some years and I, I, remember watching and learning so much from those editors on, on pacing on music on, you know, my, uh, uh, one of the editors, his name is Jubin. He was like, man, audio sells the cut. He's like, that is, he's like, you always have to focus on your audio because the visuals people will forgive. They will never forgive bad audio edits and they won't forgive bad music edits it's there. It's, it's, it gets, it's seared in their mind. There's they know something's wrong, even if they can't put their finger on it. And he's like, if you can sell the audio, then you'll sell the cut. And I, I always try to take that with me wherever I, yeah. uh, I'm cutting something.
1: I, I hate to put you on the spot with that, but like, it, it's easy to say like bad audio. Can you give an example of what a bad audio would be Um, in, in a certain I mean, scene?
4: Any, any sort of like crazy, Any sort of like crazy lip flap or like, you know, like any sort of like anything being even a few frames out of sync will throw people off Um, music hitting at the at the wrong time. If you hit music, if you sting music at the right time, it just enhances a scene so much. If you sting music on someone's line and it cuts their line off, then. You, you, you lose all the energy uh, of anything. You know, the, the the challenge in Molly Singer beyond any movie that I've ever done, music in in a horror movie or a drama is actually much easier because it so enhances uh, the mood of something. Comedy, it has to be treated so much lighter and it's really difficult to nail the sound. And our, our composers were, they were really amazing. But I will say that I took more time with the composers on this movie than any movie that I'd ever done simply because the music had to just sort of fit perfectly in the humor and, and, and accentuated in a certain way that I hadn't ever anticipated it being like I in, in past horror movies, I know that like on witness infection, I, I I literally did one round of notes with the composer and everything to me was like, this is perfect. I'm, I feel great about this. And on, on Molly Singer, we went back and forth a lot more.
1: Yeah. What's a, what would be a example of a note that you give a composer or vice versa?
4: Uh, a lot of times it's like, is the music, is the music fighting? Like if the music is overpowering the scene, then we have to like, we have to pull back on it. Um, in comedy I've noticed because everything, especially this movie that, that's so sort of like dialogue and we have so many like subtle lines. I had to, I had to tamp down on percussion a lot because if you have something that's very percussive, it's just sort of hitting the same tone that the, 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 the actors are speaking. And so it, it conflicts with it. It just, it just gets in the way of it. So that's, that, that that's sort of something that we'd have to do. Yeah.
1: And what about writing too? You've, you've done some writing, like how does that, uh, well, it looks like the most of the stuff you wrote was pretty early, but does any of that factor into the editing and the directing? Like how, do, like, like all this stuff ties together, obviously, but all like, uh, but there's a lot of crossover in certain uh, techniques you use on the different, yeah. different things. And, and,
4: and, and- the same way is that like it is really like editing has taught me so much about pacing and tone uh and 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 being like conservative in uh in in terms of like pushing you to to push the visuals in a script anytime you're writing a screenplay and stuff like that and i see this especially when i'm reading scripts with uh with writers that maybe haven't haven't directed anything before or haven't been on a set or haven't been through the whole process of making a film there's so much emphasis on on trying to create that picture in words you know I, I, I don't know if I'm saying this quite right where it's basically like they're trying to paint the picture with the words themselves rather than creating the picture with the action and so a lot of times it's like the action line will be just one line and then I just get like a big swath of dialogue and I'm like I kind of prefer it the other way where it's like I see more action visually. How are you sort of visually setting the scene up and then parsing down the dialogue into its, into its smallest parts Uh, to, you know, I always say that like that dialogue in a movie should be the color commentary in like a football game, right? You're not doing play by play. You're doing the color commentary. You're adding the little interesting details. The, the play by play needs to be the picture.
1: Yeah. I think uh, uh, because I read uh, uh, in Glory Spassers and Quentin Tarantino, a lot of people praise him for his dialogue, but what they seem to miss is that, like, when you read *Inglorious Basterds, that opening scene, Yeah, I saw that opening scene before I saw the movie. Like, I it, it, he painted that picture in my head, and it, you know, the, the dialogue was there, but also the, the action lines were there, you know, I, I kind of felt that. And then, so, when I went to the theater and watched the movie, I was like, this is exactly how I saw it in my head, because, oh. you know, it, it was just that clear on the page.
4: Yeah, that, I mean, that's just like, such a gift. I mean, you know, to, what a genius. <laughs> you know, <what> I mean? <laughs>
1: It's amazing. if only we, we could all be right <laughs> it's talented i
4: know um
1: but uh, i i think we're about to wrap up here and i want to uh-huh. kind of i kind of want to give you the uh, same spiel i give everyone else mostly because it's a fun one uh but we have a uh what's in the box segment in the box we've yeah. got a bunch of movies and uh these are movies that are uh important to you or you feel that are underseen more people should see them uh what's a movie you'd like to put in the box
4: Oh, man. Well, if it's just one movie lately that I would put in the box, uh, Joyride, uh, I've been like screaming the praises of that movie. I thought it was so funny. Uh, it just came out. It was a Lionsgate movie. It came out a couple months ago. And I, I was like, that movie is a treasure, man. It is so damn funny.
1: Um, I, I, So my friend's podcast, uh, the Film Vault Anderson, they were talking about Joyride and he pointed he talked about it. But he also pointed out there were like six different movies called Joy Ride. Which one specifically? This
4: is the one with uh, this is the one with Sherry Cola that just came out uh, about the two friends that go they they go to Asia uh, to find uh, the one friend's birth mom. Uh, and I'm a I'm a big like Sierra Ramirez was in 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 Molly Singer. She's on the show Good Trouble. Sherry Cola is on that show. I think Sherry Cola is like a superstar. I'm like I can't wait for anything that she's in. I think she's just amazing actor.
1: Okay, I think I, I think I found it in it? Um Okay, yeah, all right. I will put that one in and I oh, will so
4: I, I I will specify the Sherry
1: Cola one. Uh yeah, Adele yeah. Adele Lim director. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, we'll definitely put that in there. And uh Andy, um oh let's get the uh so re education of Molly Singer uh comes out on the this Friday. The Just tomorrow. The, oh tomorrow. tomorrow.
4: I'm actually flying to Peoria, Illinois, the home of Zach Shearer, who plays Stu, and we're watching it in the theater in his hometown with, like, 200 of his friends and family. It's going to be amazing.
1: Oh, that that's, like, that's really the best way to watch comedies, because, like, you can watch, like, I watched this one on the screen yeah. by myself, and I thought it was funny, but, like. You, I I think comedies and horrors work best with a crowd because you, you you get them you get them going. You're gonna get scared or you're gonna laugh, and that's yeah. the best way to do it. And I, and I'm glad to see movies like this coming out in theaters again. Um, you know, because uh, you know, he crapping on the the superhero movies and the blockbusters, but I mean, they used to be just the summer season. And they've gone through like all all year and kind of yep. uh, push a lot of smaller movies out and that seems to be not the case anymore so i'm glad to see it turned around but yeah this is in theaters uh digital on demand go watch it in theaters if you can uh right. september 29th uh yeah and congratulations
4: Thanks, appreciate it brother
1: all right thank you andy for joining me and uh yeah we'll talk to you right. anytime thank you man